grilled paper guy. I have all those sounds recorded. <laughs> the munching sound. Yeah. Um, 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 um. <laughs> Edit that onto the end. <laughs> yeah, I might do that. Oh, girl, PBJ. Leave the fat kid and his food alone. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, I don't know. Make it the intro for this week. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be doing the intro. <laughs> Nom 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 nom. That's the intro. intro. Last week's didn't have an intro, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's right. Last week's didn't so, have an intro. So, so boom. Intro. Now, now we have an intro. Great job, Mikey. Yay! Cue the music. Welcome to another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm your podcast host and senior editor of MashThoseButtons.com, Robert Hill Williams, and I'm here with podcast host and contributor Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And our contributor and podcast host, Mikey Kinney. Hey guys, what's up? See what I did there? I just flipped them back around. Anyway, uh, this is Mashcast number 57, trucking on down the road. Uh, we're going to start off with, uh, as always, what have you guys been playing this week? Nick, what? What? Did you anything this week? Did I hear you, no, Mikey? First, no, what did you? No, what did you I say? played something. I played things, but it's gonna be out of the ordinary for me to say what I've been playing. So you, say, you, that's you, interesting. You oh, do this. Sorry, I'm just gonna run over Nick's time, and I'm gonna take it from him. Um, I played. Everyone, take two steps back. I played Terra. Oh wait, <gasps> gasp. I, I, <laughs> action? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, you played an MMO. Like, Welcome yeah, to that, that was like, I was like, but I don't play MMOs. I, I don't. Know. I know you play fighting games, Mikey, but you're a gamer. You play other things other than fighting games. Well, yeah, but I've honestly, the only other MMO I've ever played was Swotor, and I stopped after a couple weeks. Okay, so what did you think of it? Uh, It's a lot better than Swotor. Uh, <laughs> Well, at least combat-wise. I don't know how story... I don't really... I have not paid attention to the story at all. But I am... I think I'm playing... I'm playing an archer right now. I'm going to go try the other classes at some point. I'm on the seven-week trial, so I've just been kind of like... Seven-week trial. Seven-day trial. So I've been trying to like... I don't know. Try stuff out. Uh, see if I actually want to keep playing it. If it's actually worth my money and all that kind of stuff. But so far, I have to say... This MMO might actually keep me, you know, engaged enough to where I don't mind throwing money at them. 
is there a level cap on that trial or it's just as far as you can get in seven days? Uh, you know, I don't know. I've just been really just playing with friends and just kind of just having fun, actually. First time where I felt like grinding wasn't completely annoying as crap. I don't know. There's like this feel for Terra that I get. Like when I'm playing it, it's different. It's just like I don't – I have to actually like pay attention to what's going on. While like every other MMO, I was kind of like, oh, button click, same thing at the same time muscle memories taking over and now i'm bored because i can't because i'm doing the same thing over and over again for about oh, i don't know four hours hmm. yeah. and i heard tara is more you know action based it's not as which, boring to play through <laughs> which i guess appeals more to my kind of play style anyway so i don't know I like it, and I've been playing League of Legends, obviously. So there's that. See, but you play it. You play stuff other fighting games. <laughs> yeah, but just wait till P4A comes out, and then that's all I'm going to be talking about for a month. True, but that's going to be an awesome game. I'm actually looking forward to Persona right. 4 the Golden, but we're going to. Oh, topic. that too. I got to buy a Vita for that. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, or is there anything else? Just those two. Uh, what else? No, I did get to play something. What was it? Oh. It must no, not have I been very memorable. Quantic, uh, Quantum uh, Conundrum? Yes! Oh my god, that game is so awesome. Love that. It was so awesome you couldn't remember its name, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Quantic something? Quantic, Quantic Dream? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I still want to play that game. But anyway. So it was awesome. Uh, is it what is what is it like? Like, is it like Portal? It's like Portal, but you kind of have to. Uh, obviously, the mechanics not Portal, so it feels a bit different. But it's very. There's some humor. I love the books that are laid across the room because they're all like puns of like famous books plus like science terms or whatever, mm. like Lord of the Time Rings or something like that, or uh, the Tale of Two Parallel Dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> you know things like that uh the the you don't really get to see your character at all there's like no mirrors i've yet to see what my character looks like but i love the puzzles are interesting um i really like swapping in between dimensions especially the fluffy dimension like the fluffy dimension is just hilarious to me but um it's a pretty interesting game it's i'd i, I would it's like 15 bucks i think yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fifteen bucks. I've I've it's, seen the game before. I just never worth, like really. It's easily worth it. fifteen dollars. If you have fifteen dollars, you could spend fifteen dollars a lot worse ways than on Quantic Conundrum. So, I would I would throw fifteen dollars at it if I was anybody looking to get it. So, fun times. Plus, there's some DLC coming out eventually. So yeah, there's, there's that. DLC for everything. Yeah, true. So Nick, what have you what have you been up to? Uh, st- still playing Mass Effect Two. Almost done with that. Uh, also, I played uh, Penny Arcade on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness 3. I just bought and, that. I haven't played it yet. And I played all of maybe five minutes of uh, Cthulhu Saves the World. Uh, yep. I got the I got the pack, too. Yeah. You get the one and two for three bucks. Yes. Yep. And, yes. Uh, and, and uh, Breath of like a Breath of Death Breath also. Of death. I, didn't, I didn't touch that one. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's – the first two games felt like – you know RPGs in the style of like anything from like Final Fantasy VII on, and this is entirely a game that's in the style of anything from like Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VI and before. Yeah, it's um, totally lo-fi. It's, yeah, sixteen. It, it, it knows exactly what it is, and it does it awesomely. 
Um, the, I guess the only thing that's a little disappointing is that you know, like having been into the first two games, it is a, it is a vast, uh, you know, a tonal shift. Yeah. Um, and like for example, like I enjoyed the narrator from the first two games, and there's no narration in this game. Well, I mean, there's no vocal narration. You you still get the the text, text. narration. Right. Um. So I mean, so that's still there. Um. And you know, the world is represented a little bit differently, being it's all two two dimensional now. But uh, you know, so as you know, as long as you can get go get, survive that shift, and if if you've ever played any any RPG from before, what like '96, right? Um, you'll 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 love this. It's 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 a it's it's a it's like a love letter in a in a box of chocolates inside a teddy bear. Yeah, I really for, wonder for what RPGs. happened. I wonder what happened with the val. Like, wonder what happened with those because I know it was supposed to be a series, and yeah. Telltale did the first two. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think. And there was a big gap between enough. two and three. Yeah, there was a, like a big gap between yeah, well, two and three. I, I didn't mean, realize well, it was like a few years. The series was fundamentally years. canceled. Uh, yeah. What was it? Uh, Tycho went and wrote a whole. You know, he started writing out episode three as like an actual book that he was putting up online. Mm. And so I haven't. I didn't read that. To compare, like if the plot differs, I don't know if that counts as spoilers or not. Right. But yeah, I, I don't think they were expecting this to come along. So um, no, no it's, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, it's very enjoyable. I'm hoping to, I'm to finish that up this weekend. Yeah, I need to start playing it. Um, anything else? Uh, that's all I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> well, you should you should at least mention WoW because you did have a nice WoW thoughts this week about things that you were doing in wow or potentially trying to figure trying out to, to do yeah yeah no it's uh no i was uh well it's the the fire festival this time of year and now that uh now that they have the uh achievements that are account wide i was debating if i should do everything on one character or i should just settle for having done one of the achievements on another character to still get the year-long meta achievement and uh i wrestle with that in this week's column yeah so check it out it's on the site yeah. um as for me, uh, I picked up The Amazing Spider-Man um, because it's open world again. And as much as I, I appreciate what Beanox was able to do with the last couple of Spider-Man games uh, and and the things that they made, like, you know, how comic-related everything was before, uh, I really, I was like, oh my god, an open world Spider-Man game, yay. Because, you know, since Spider-Man, well, I guess technically Spider-Man 3, but who counts that uh spider-man 2 really is like the guy uh you know the the game where i swung around new york city for like five hours and just rescued people from burglars and stuff like it was you got to be spider-man so i got to play a demo of that and i i liked it well enough that uh yeah i picked it up tuesday and i'm enjoying it quite a bit apparently though there are parts where it pretty much wholesale like rips off Arkham City um, as far as like there are parts where you're like sneaking through buildings with like armed armed uh, like um, guards and things of that nature and you can't take like direct fire so you sneak around a lot and you do a lot of like the you know grabbing guys from the ceiling and hanging them up and stuff of that nature like kind of like Arkham City but apparently it works really well so like the per- like I read Jim Sterling's review of it and he was like it's done so well that I can't even complain that and it actually really like fits spider like it it seems a lot more natural to be like crawling around on the ceiling and stuff like that with him. So I haven't actually gotten any of those parts yet, but I think that the next mission I'm on is one of those. So I'm interested to see, but all I've been doing so far is swinging around the city and, you know, stopping random crimes and stuff. So it's a uh, it's fun. Um really I have like a laundry list of things that like I, I need to play. 
Like that just recently, like I got Rance like Precipice of Darkness, episode three. Uh I've gotten um the the DLC for Mass Effect three came out this week. Is there anything to play with that or it's just an extension you, of the finale? Nothing there's technically nothing additional to play, although you do have to start from a certain point. Uh, like go back to like a certain point in order to like get the new extended but it it does like provide additional scenes and some things have been changed like slightly um or like at least explain better like how you know joker and the, the normandy and stuff like that um the, there's so like there's some not not really any changes like it still holds on to the the, the same ending but um it's it's just it's what it said it was it's extended so was it any more or less satisfying uh, from what i have read because i didn't feel like i'd be spoiling myself too much with anything um it's it's satisfying like i mean if you if you're one of those people that's like i super have a problem with mass effect 3 it it may not it, it, those people may never be happy like you might not ever be happy with what they've done cuz they haven't changed anything if you hated you know the way that the endings went out in Mass Effect 3, you're probably still not going to be happy. But they explain things a lot more, uh, a lot more, uh, a lot better. There there are like a couple of instances of, of change scenes, but I'm not, I, I really don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So, yeah. Because you guys didn't play Mass Effect 3, right? I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I got to replay through Mass Effect 3 for when that, for the extended stuff, so... I guess I'll yeah. pop that back in, beat the ending, and do it all, and just see it. So. Yeah. So it's uh that got released on the twenty sixth. So there's this stuff I'm like, oh man, I need to play that. I need to play that. I need to play that. Like otherwise, it's like, um, I have been playing Gungnir. Uh, it's one of the Sting RPGs, like in the Battle of the or Department Heaven series, but it's like it's gotten localized. And I actually really enjoy it. It's really not like it's a tactics game, like a strategy tactics RPG. Um, but it is not normal in like the sense that like most strategy RPGs like this guy and even even Final Fantasy Tactics to an extent are very like grind heavy. And like this one isn't like there's no like really going back and playing old maps or anything like that. Like you pretty much just go with the people you have and it's really more about like your strategies and dealing with certain things um like levels matter to a certain extent but like not a super super amount like but you basically you just keep recruiting new people and like you know kind of like shuffling off old ones as like as you either don't use them or they become outclassed so it's interesting though i like it um the story is kind of i don't know i don't I don't. It's story heavy, but like I'm not amazed at anything that's going on in the story so far. But it's I enjoy the gameplay, so I guess that's enough. So that's really been about it. Um, on to the first topic, and I guess ironically talking about uh, RPGs, uh, Hiromichi Tanaka is a producer and designer for Square Enix has left the company. Um, he is the, departed the company, or he made the announcement at least during uh, their Vanifest 2000 event. Um, it's and Vanifest is uh, for Final Fantasy 11. For the few people who even remember what that is, it's like their <laughs> MMO that is still running. <laughs> it is still chugging along. Am I reading that right? That that's ten years old. Ten years. Dear old. Lord. Um, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I played it for about four years. I'm I'm interested because I'm like they did announce a new expansion, but I, I haven't been back to the game. I can't I can't see. It, it's so outdated in a lot of ways that like it's just going back and paying a subscription fee for it just feels wrong <laughs> after I stopped. <laughs> but um, he made his announcement that he was leaving the company. Uh, you know, on their ten year anniversary. Um, he it, he's leaving for health reasons. Uh, basically, he said he's he's suffering from a major illness, but he didn't disclose what it was. Um, and he, but he's not leaving game design altogether. He does want to work as a single creator. He called it on some development projects. So he he had been in the role of Final Fantasy XI's producer for a while. Um, I think maybe over the whole lifespan of the game, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe it was just for the past few years. Um, but he, uh, yeah, is on his way off. He started in 84 before it was actually called Square. So, wow. yeah, but he's also worked on Final Fantasy. Uh, he walked, uh, worked on Chrono Cross, Xenogears. A uh, lot of big titles. Yeah, um, and he was also part of the Final Fantasy fourteen team. Uh, or, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was part of the Final Fantasy fourteen team, but then uh, Akihiko Matsui is named as his successor. So he'll work on both 11 and 14 in his place until mostly focusing on 14 until version 2.0 is done for that game. So there's that. I guess nobody has anything to add to that. It's just a set. It's, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, an eye opener to be honest, because it's like, we're going to start seeing where they're going to, it's time to pass the torch off to the next generation of people to carry on the traditions of the past, you know? True. It just makes you wonder who's going to be next. Well, so. they, they, well, they, 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 they said what uh, Akihiro Matsui is next, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the successor. successor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, like we know who's getting past, but who's going to pass the torch? Who? What developer? What big developer? Or uh, you know, what big name is going to be retiring soon and passing the torch on? You know what I mean? It just makes you wonder who's going to be stepping down next. Yeah, but I mean, uh, as much mm-hmm. I, I guess know, I get what much, you're saying. As much as he's been, you know, like a developer behind Final Fantasy and and assorted, you know, Square RPGs for the last almost twenty years. I mean, has I don't know. I don't think Square's ever had any sort of personality that's dominated. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's they like his, really his news don't. leaving. Yeah. But it's not like it's it's not like we're worried like you know like what direction is Square gonna go in? It feels like well, they're their direction's pretty, you know, pretty. St- I mean, and that may be, that may all be entirely due to his management style. So sure. that this leaving may have more of an impact than we realize. But you know, I mean, you know, like when we think of Nintendo, we think of Miyamoto. Like when he leaves, that that That's we're all gonna feel that big thing, yeah. And 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 here, I mean, I don't know. I mean, especially the way lately, it just it, it just seems that they've gotten you know we you know we know we get our not quite yearly but you know our our regular increment to Final Fantasy you know we know that they're always working on some kind of some they're always working on some kind of Xeno Gears update in some form for some console. Um, I, I almost feel like they're you know I mean they're just as much you know sort of a a cut and dry publisher and developer as any, any anybody else and and I don't. I don't know. I don't know just how much of an impact this is going to have. What what I find curious though, is his desire to work as a single creator, um, because I'm guessing 
I mean, the, the size of current games, that implies that that implies teams, you know, and I'm presumably he's been part of a team, which is kind of what I'm, I guess, complaining about to a degree. And so I wonder, does this mean that he's looking at maybe mobile development or, or tablet development, something yeah, maybe those indie development? Smaller, yeah. yeah, yeah, sort of a smaller, a smaller arena where he can really ha- have more of an impact, maybe. So, I mean, and if that's the case, then that might hearken, you know, maybe maybe he's looking at what Z-Boyd is doing with the with their games and thinking, hey, you know what, I can go back and do what I did so well so long ago, and there's an audience for it. Right, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, yeah, like that's, yeah, I mean, I think this affects people who play Final Fantasy 11 more than anything else, because like he's been hands in that for, I guess, for some time, at least as far as I can remember, so... I mean, if anything, it, it affects that, which means that it really doesn't affect much of anything for anyone else. Like, since that's been what he's been dealing with for the most part, like, it doesn't really affect, like, Final Fantasy as most people know it. So, I mean, like, maybe a loss for that community, but on the whole, you know, it's old guard stepping down, you know, trying to do something else. I just, I do think it's interesting he wants to be single creator mostly because it's like, okay, well, so he's not sick enough that he can't make games anymore. <laughs> he's just oh. maybe sick of dealing with corporate management. And Japanese are notoriously high-strung, or not high-strung, but demanding of their producers and things of that nature in game development. So, yeah. Life goes on, I guess. <laughs> we'll see what, what comes of him as single creator I hope, I, hope whatever, I hope whatever his major illness is, is that he, he's able to recover from that. Yes, also that too. I mean, he didn't close, disclose what it is, but you know, hopefully he, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, if it's the kind of thing you get better from, hopefully he gets better. And if it's the kind of thing you don't get better from, hopefully it's not so bad for him. It's, it's just guilt from having subjected people to Final Fantasy XI for 10 years. Oh. <laughs> bad. Uh, well, moving right To other people stepping down. <laughs> there are there are other people stepping down. Um, in fact, uh, more on the Japanese front actually, uh, Kazurai uh, is stepping down as the PlayStation chairman. Um, let's be clear about this: Kazurai stepping down from the PlayStation chairmanship, not from Sony, because there were a lot of sites that made it ambiguous on purpose for link bait and said that like Kazurai is stepping down. And everyone was like, wait a minute, So from Sony? What the fuck is going on? And he's just stepping down from PlayStation because he is now the Sony chair, you know, the... Yeah, wasn't he just named the Sony chair? Right, well, that's, yeah, well, that's why, that's what was, that was what was so link-baity about it. It's like, wait a minute, he just got appointed and he's stepping down now? Why? But yeah. it's just, he's stepping out of the PlayStation role because he's so busy with Sony as a company altogether. Um, he is still on the board of directors, but he's not actively going to be involved with PlayStation anymore. To, to be clear, I guess the official title was the Sony Computer Entertainment uh, right. chairman, so... Yes, and that and that that is the the PlayStation division, right? Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's almost a little. Con- I mean, aside from the link bait, yeah, this really, I I would have thought this was preordained the moment he was you know promoted effectively. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't I know that anybody would have expected. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that he would have been expected to maintain both roles. But I mean, at the you know, it's, it's he he got a he got a promotion. He's got to leave his current job. Right, that happens. Good for him. You know, this All is a, this is a good moving on. Yeah, I, I mean, like, he's done a lot for PlayStation as a brand, I think, but, I mean, it's 
I think the ship has been righted, you know, like yeah. past that point. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that's what's needed because yeah, having the, somebody who needs to be righted. Yeah, Sony needs to be righted so we don't lose PlayStation altogether, you know. So yeah. I think that's fine. I mean, as long as, you know, the next guy that comes along doesn't have his head like in the clouds, like, oh, we're going to charge 900 bucks. You'll pay for it. You know, like, from, I thought you were saying the next guy that comes along doesn't have his head implying like Kaz Harai's head since the article calls it polygon headed. Oh my god. Uh, Jim Sterling, yes. <laughs> he says he looked like a PlayStation 1 character model. I would say he yeah. looks kind of like a me. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's that terrible. bad. Honestly. Oh, that's just, I'm, I'm just commenting on the picture with the article. I don't, yeah. I've never seen him in person to know if he's really two-dimensional. <laughs> Why is Kasurai only four feet tall? I don't understand. <laughs> How many more Japanese people can I vaguely insult today? I don't know. You're going to get a chance know. for this one, though. <laughs> um, next up is actually another Japanese. Nobody leaving, but another another Japanese producer. Uh, this time for Namco. Um, he is. It's Katsuhiro Harada, a uh, Tekken producer. Um, you know, he is the guy for Tekken, basically. And he is fed up with fans. Not in general, so to speak, as much as fans who whine. And not just whine like that they're complaining about the game so much as people who are not even so much complaining as spamming requests for things that either aren't reasonable, already have happened, or, you know, they have already, you know, been spammed with it a bajillion other times and have said that they already said they're taking it under advisement. Basically, he's upset because they have a Tekken Tag Tournament 2 coming up and he's being spammed with requests that they use audio samples and voice actors um, from like the original game, from from other games in the series history. And he's basically, well, I'll just read what he said, honestly. <laughs> it's even better than trying to sub- I love his response. Yes, it's good. Um, I have something I want to say to the people who spam me with requests to switch back or bring back to the voice actors used previously, he said. I believe that before whining and complaining about everything, you need practice at taking a step back and analyzing things objectively, and also at being an adult. Uh, the Tekken series has continued for 17 years. The development environment, as well as the environment in which you play all the games, has changed. There are so many characters, and we can't keep using the same voice actors every time for a variety of reasons. Um, I can't continue to engage the negative ones that without knowing what you were talking about or even thinking about what you were saying, blindly repeat, bring back, bring back, bring back. After this lengthy explanation, I will be quite surprised if there are still people who don't get it. Thanks for understanding or not understanding. Whatever. Uh, He's actually got a a longer – there's actually a longer article. I guess he tweeted it all and it was assembled uh, assembled his his tweets. Um, But yeah, but but, I mean those are basically the the high points of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those were like excerpts from this this GameSpot article. Yeah, and he, no, I mean basically, yeah, basically, I guess there, I guess there's been a large outcry for the original voice recordings, and yeah, he basically says we can't do that, and here are the reasons why, and he's very very succinct and clear about it. I think it, I think anybody that w- was asking for that before, if they read that article, I think it answers their questions. I mean, fundamentally, enough has changed in the last 16 years, technology wise and also people wise. I thought the most interesting thing he points out is he actually did the voice of Marshall and Forrest for the first 15 years, or he did voice work for Marshall and Forrest for 15 years, and he no longer can physically do those voices anymore. So it's not that... They yeah, can't, he said the, the characters... Yeah, they've changed, their voices have changed, things have happened, and they can't... Some of them can't do the characters anymore. Yeah, or... Yeah. He, 
or what was the other uh, what was the other thing? He said there was one character where they actually have been using the same sound file for for 16 years, and people are complaining that they've changed it, even though it is actually it's the same, the same thing. master data. And so uh, it's almost one of those things that nobody, you know, for whatever they do, nobody's going to be happy because either it's not going to sound the same when it is, or it's it sounds it's it has to be different. Why does it sound so old? That's going to be the next one. (laughs) So the one can't please everybody. Exactly, which is the I guess the main point. But he's tired of trying to, or not even trying to, because he's actually said that a lot of. Um, I, I saw some of his other comments, but he basically said that you know, like a lot of things were taken under advisement. A lot of the changes have been made. Like a lot of characters that people requested are coming back. But he's just tired of people spamming him constantly and not actually paying attention to what's really going on with things. Um, I follow him on Twitter, and I see him respond, reply to people all the time. I mean, it seems like the, the guy does nothing but reply to people who ask him for stuff all day long. Are all and, his tweets this terse? And, and I almost want to no, say No, actually, he's pretty laid back. Like, the dude loves to drink, and he is all about, like, kind of like he's he, I, like he's really more or less like a fun guy but he gets spam with these comments all day and he's basically just like we're looking into it you know <laughs> we're it, we're going to try but it's not necessarily possible you know like he tries to be like nice for the most part which is why i can i like people were i guess there were some i read some comments on different sites and people were like oh my god way to like take a swing at your bait your fan base that you know now they're not going to buy your game and it's like no i think that it's not not necessarily warranted, but I mean, you. What did you expect as a reply after all that time? Yeah, did you think that they would just cave in just because you asked? Yeah, so I'm like, plus, it's yeah. Plus, the game's already been out in Japan for like you know so long. I mean, obviously, this is about you could use English voice acting dub, but whatever. Right. Pretty sure that the voice acting's already been set in stone and all that. So for them to have to go back and change all that anyway, that would be ridiculous for them to have to do that. Um, and he, this, to be fair, I mean, Nemco has been pretty good to their fans for this game. Like, yeah, I mean, you could be complaining about DLC characters and stuff. Like he, in fact, that was one of his comments was that like, we're still going to have free characters. There's still yes. any like paid DLC. Yeah. We're, we're trying, like we're doing stuff for you, but spam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just do, guys. I mean, he's already giving us good stuff. Why do, why do we have to keep spamming him for more? Like, it's just like gonna at that point it's gonna teach them like well why give them more all they're gonna do is ask for more for for you know I don't know I think I think that's just the nature of fans though I think uh, I, th- I think even even uh, the people over at Nintendo might agree that fans tend to keep asking for the moon and no matter how much you give them pretty much until they can play the game they want more and even then once they can play the game they just want the next game yeah so I mean there's no it's it's not like it's a it's a set. I mean, it is a market, but in this case, the market's sort of information. So there's not re- really any sort of set expiration on it. And yeah, you know, there's no there's no reason why people can't just keep demanding and demanding and demanding. Um, and yeah, I think that's what he's running up against. Yeah, I mean, that's and it seems to be a common trend. But uh, he's he's swung back. <laughs> you know, he took it. And he, and the weird thing is, like, it, people are acting like he really like cursed out people or something like that. Like he was actually pretty clear cut yeah. in his explanation about things i don't think it was a really bad like he's asking people to like act like adults i think i think I it was the the ending i think maybe may have left left a, a sour taste in the, oh, the whatever uh, yeah yeah but understand or don't understand but i like he said stuff before and i could see why it says that because you know he said stuff before and if people aren't paying attention to what characters are even in the game or anything like you know and they're still blindly requesting characters that are already in the game that 
they're not necessarily people who are going to listen to the things that you're saying. So I could see why, but fundamentally though, at the end of the day, I can't imagine that the voices, I mean, it's nice to have them, but they How can't be that important to the end of the game. Like as long as the, the characters are there, the gameplay is good. But does it matter more than gameplay? Like the characters could be fucking mute as long as the game is good. How would you play? Would you like persona four if they didn't use persona four voice actors? I think that after a certain point, as long as you make enough effort to like approximate them, it wouldn't actually matter. No. Okay. So then it doesn't bother. Okay. That's, I, 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 but see, the thing is, that's a kind of a different situation too. It's a spinoff game based on something that's like known for characters. Whereas Tekken is only benefiting. There's some pretty people. hardcore Tekken players. I mean, Tekken's been around since PS1. I understand that. But at the end of the day, how much do you really, really notice that? Compared uh, well, I'll just well, I'll just let that go. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go because we'll, we'll, we could debate about it. We might do. We'll have to do an after podcast, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll a plus after. or something. Plus, yeah, we'll take a look for that on YouTube probably. So <laughs> we'll do the plus afterwards. Um, I'm actually uh, before we get to our last like three uh, big topics, I actually got a kind of one to throw in that that's actually kind of new news that uh, we didn't have actually scheduled. Um, Radical Entertainment, um, Activision, the Radical Entertainment was responsible for Prototype, Prototype 2. They made the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction uh, a few years ago, well, years ago, actually, at this point, um, is more or less being closed. Oh, um, that's kind of sad. It's really oh, yeah. They uh, basically what happened is that uh, prototype did not sell the expectation, and it they said that it it made it they they made it or actually the I'm sorry that what Activision said was although we made a substantial investment in the prototype IP it did not find broad commercial audience, um, and basically like they're not necessarily saying that they're shuttering the studio. Um, not everybody from the studio is being let go, but. Most of the employees from the studio are being let go. There's only a few that are being shuffled into other other projects, but Radical Entertainment will no longer be making its will, will no longer be developing its own games. That sucks. I mean, they didn't make a bad game. It's just it didn't take off. No, it didn't. One was very uneven in a lot of ways, um, and seemed and despite the gameplay, it seemed dated because <laughs> the graphics. And One came out at a bad like, time because it came out around the same time Infamous did. <laughs> as well so it didn't really help anything so yeah sad stories activision man activision <laughs> and apparently they did try and find a buyer for the for the studio but weren't able to or they explored the option of you know selling it off but uh they basically just closed up studios which is what activision is on the side becoming known for <laughs> so what do they think they're thq god oh I think so uh, but uh, I guess we will jump back to the normally regular schedule programming. So, you know, so long <laughs> Radical Entertainment as we knew it. And I guess so long Prototype, more or less, until they try and reboot it in a few years because they need money. Because you know that Activision probably still holds that IP. So we'll see. But uh, moving on. Facebook. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man, that's, that's sort of... More depressing shit and a more depressing shit. Anyways. 
Yeah, this is depressing shit that I, you guys are. This is after I give the the, the run up. You you guys have a ball with this because I really I'm like oh <laughs> Facebook, but um Facebook is turning its attention to core gamers. Uh huh. I bet it is. They say sure. Yeah. Um, at their uh, or oh, I'm sorry, the Matt Window or Window, which God would be kind of awful, but you know Window maybe. Um. Game product manager at Facebook is discussing the future of interactive entertainment uh, with GameIndustries.biz. Um, basically, saying that you know they they have a huge platform of users. They have eight eight hundred forty five million users on Facebook every month. Um, and basically, if you're targeting a niche of gamers, he's basically saying like that group is on Facebook, which is not an untrue statement. Um, basically, he's saying that if you want to reach somebody there on Facebook, you can reach them. And uh, they're running. They're basically what they're doing is they they're kind of not necessarily moving away from the the Zingas of the world, but they are trying new partnerships with uh, Wooga and Kixai, um, who deal in more I guess core focused games. Um, I have never played either of one of these games, but War Commander and Battle Pirates um, are some of the games that were mentioned. Um, supposed to be more core games, and he's basically just saying that he's. They have an open platform. They have a broad reach, and they want to reach out to more core gamers. And there's and basically things that we already know that like you know gaming is very important to Facebook, um, and just the the social role of of games and Facebook. So yeah, Facebook trying to tap that core audience. Not gonna happen. Kids. Well, we- they could they can try, but <laughs> they can try, but I don't think it's gonna work out so well i don't i don't i i I mean first of all i think we pointed out already like technically like facebook has everybody i mean it it fundamentally kind of you know it has everybody by the privates and and it's 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 a very sticky sticky you know service and it's, it's hard to leave um i guess what so basically instead of playing in other games i want you to play those games through facebook right I mean, as, as it stands now, I mean, they, they talk about they already have integration with the PS3. They have integration with the Xbox. The one thing I thought he said, he said was interesting is that what Nintendo is the highest quality development. Um, but or at least in their opinion, uh, it's yeah, toward, towards the end. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we have some integration with Nintendo because that's where we've seen the highest quality game development. I mean, I thought that was an interesting compliment. Um, Although I, but, think I think that's more like a... a a statement based on their broad reach like you know you make a mario game and, and even though like your, your core audience will play that game but it has crossover potential i guess i don't know yeah but like right right now right now i can play i can play a game in steam for example um right. and i have my phone sitting next to me my phone which is already always connected to facebook so i mean does it matter if the, the steam client was replaced by Facebook, I guess, fundamentally not. I mean, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, I guess we should be interested in where the good games are. And, and as long as the game quality is fine. And if they come through Facebook, is that something we need to be all, you know, downtrodden about? Or, I mean, that's something we can get on board with. I, I mean, if, if, you know, if, if, if I mean, we, we were talking about Gaikai scre- streaming through Facebook, streaming WoW through Facebook. Right. Um, I mean, if that comes to pass, I don't know that that's a, a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it just means that we're, on Facebook more. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I I think I just doubt the the real potential of it not 
being like a Facebook game, basically. I guess yeah, is, pretty my, much. is my problem. It's like I, as much as you know, you've seen the the, the SimCity socials and you know other other games of that ilk try and come across and and try and have that crossover potential. Um, I still have doubts. Maybe it's maybe it's the Zynga thing. Like I, I think maybe that until you get that taste out of people's mouths, maybe that'll always be the thing that the you know the idea of like you know pay to win, you know, heavily monetized social games. Sim, SimCity Social is not going to get games. that out of people's mouths. Oh, I know, I've heard. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, that that stigma, I guess, like that would be the the major block to overcome because, like, that's I think what my problem is. I agree. Like, we should be where the games are. If the if the good games are on Facebook, if that's what people are developing for, and that's the only place you can get them, which is like saying it's the only place you can get them is kind of silly in a way because of how widespread and available it is. But if that's where they are, then sure. I just don't believe in their ability to overcome what has typically been the the prototypical Facebook game. Yeah, you know, but- games filled with ads or force you to spam your friends or poorly monetized that sort of thing. Well, he talks. He talks about Flash, and I, I think we well, Flash had uh, what was it was it uh, the latest not the not the the latest latest Unreal Engine, but I think the one before that, that uh, was it Unreal Four was it that they were able to get that running in there, or is that the the current one? Uh, not the current. I mean, the no, current no, not one. not the one that did Samaritan. But yes, but like the, the, the yeah, the one previous, yeah, the one previous. I mean, they had that in there. So fundamentally, I think there's a certain level of game quality that could be achieved within Facebook. And I, I think if if they can get up to that quality, I, I don't I don't necessarily see what the problem is. But I think though, I, putting aside whatever techn- whatever is technologically possible with Gaikai, because that's something completely different. True. Even so, I mean, as far as flashes come with that, we still have Samaritan. They're the Samaritan demo and the, the next generation of Unreal, which won't work within Facebook. Right. Coming in. So there's always going to be a level of gaming things, advanced yeah. beyond what Facebook can offer. Um, and unless right, they're able means to get it's that, it's not the. Uh, it'll never be the. The pioneer, I guess, in yeah. that sense, like it'll yeah. always be lagging behind to a certain extent. It's never going to be the portal for games. Exactly, um, it unless will just be um, a portal. Unless they tried to go against Steam, I think that they'd have to start to offer offer that kind of functionality that you can link all your games through Facebook. So whenever you open even a non when you open a non Steam game, you can still have it notify everybody in Steam. When you notify, you know, there should be a way that you can set. Well, there shouldn't be a way. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. I don't know if I want to advocate this, but I think that yeah. they need to be thinking. Yeah, watch is, the line you're about and to cross Again, there. I don't know why I'm, why I'm writing a playbook for them, but I mean, they need to be thinking in that sort of direction that, that, you know, they can take games that exist outside their framework and bring them in. I think that might encourage people to start using that. Maybe I just I, I have doubts, but I, I think that that's just a natural reaction to the way things have been. There's no there's nothing saying that they can't change. Although I see this as like them seeing that their their numbers are starting to slip, and they're like, man, how can we hold on to that? Because I mean, like, how much of Facebook was built off of their partnership with Zynga, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like the fact that Zynga's starting to slip now, I, I think that it has it has some bearing on them trying to expand. You you don't think the villa is gonna save save everybody here? <laughs> Lol. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> Moving on. Um, if that really is it, we can move on. I don't know. <laughs> I I I'd rather move on from talking about Facebook so that way. I think that's a good. <laughs> so yes, they're trying to they're trying to get you to play Facebook games. Will you play Facebook games? Let us know. We'll, we'll see. Um. Next up, we're we're actually get back to the core 
for a little for the last couple topics here. And we've got Michael Pachter. Pachter? Pachter. Pachter. Um, it, you don't say his name four times, by the way. <laughs> is that actually Michael Pachter you know? pictured in the article? Yes, it is. Because that is a hysterical picture. Yeah, it's like, I think it's from his, like, he does, like, a little, like, kind of, like, web show, like, where he talks about different random things, and I think that might be a shot from one of those, or maybe it's just an interview. I have no idea, but it's a good, it's a good shot. I love that smile. I, I need it's to almost, a, it almost is, it's almost Colbert-like. Yeah, he, does look, he looks like a cross between Stephen Colbert and Alan Ruck. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, but, but Woodbush Securities analyst, Michael Pachter, who is, you know, mostly known for his... His uh, predictions and you know analysts and analyzation of the Nostradamus of the gaming industry, uh, basically. Um, although I don't know how well Nostradamus was never all that correct either, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how correct Proctor has been. But he is making another prediction in a sense. He's try he's uh, kind of jumping down the the line a little bit, and he's basically saying. Um, that uh, he was talking to uh, X360 magazine. Uh, he said that. What he sees in the future, um, he's saying that if if there's a release for the the Xbox uh, next Xbox Xbox 720, whatever you want to call it, I really am heavily resigned to not calling it the 720. But Durango, call it Durango. I just call it the next Xbox personally, but whatever you call the new Xbox or what the next Xbox will be, next gen Xbox, whatever, uh, he is saying that a release in spring 2014 means that their target target audience could buy themselves a console during a period where they weren't expecting to be buying presents for family, um, which he says would damage a Christmas release. Um, he's he's basically saying that he thinks that if they release in the spring, they might do better than releasing in Christmas, as far as I, the way I'm reading it. Am I anybody else? Because uh, uh, I think he's saying that, like, because they're expected to be buying presents for other people, that they probably wouldn't drop the the money for a new console. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but it'll also hurt for something their, else. But it yeah. might they he, they also I'm also reading into this a little bit where it said it might hurt their sales for the winter holiday because he will be saving their money to uh, get the next Xbox in the spring. So the trick is to announce it like on December 26th. That it's coming out once everyone's already bought everything oh man <laughs> that'd be awful uh but yes I, I didn't read it that way either but yeah that's a possibility um but he uh basically also says that he only thinks that a few million units would be manufactured for the launch period so i'm guessing he's projecting that there's not going to be like a huge off the bat demand for it despite the well, fact that he thinks it'll do better than during christmas or is that that they want to manufacture a shortage and then just make it the hot item to build up I mean, because fun fundamentally, I guess they'd want everything in people's hands for for Christmas. So you know, you 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 basically do a limited launch in April, and then just let you know let it drip out slowly, and then you know come, roll around October. You turn the faucet on, and then hey, everybody gets an Xbox. Yeah, because by then you'll find all the, all the red ring bugs, and then you can uh, fix it. <laughs> so it's it's a beta. He's talking about the beta plan. Yeah, beta. <laughs> you, you get that million unit beta plan. Yeah. Um, but actually, like the the main focus um, that, or well, the more interesting his actual real prediction. I think that's more interesting than the other two is that he's saying that he sees cable and satellite TV providers being playing a major role in making the next Xbox uh, affordable to 
consumers, basically. Um, he says that it's pretty clear to me that Microsoft intends to allow the Xbox 720 to function as a cable TV box, um, allowing cable television service providers to broadcast over the internet through the box with smart glass as the remote controller and the Xbox 720 using Windows 8 to split the TV signal into multiple feeds, allowing consumers to divert to different channel feeds to different displays within the home. Um, he also says that he sees the uh, those, those same cable and, and satellite providers uh, tying and Microsoft tying a long-term contract with one of them uh, together with the console itself in order to make the console quote unquote more affordable uh, it, kind of in the same way that they've done with the $99 Xbox 360 with a two-year live contract has come about also those are now going to be or are, are being shipped out into GameStop and Best Buys so those are have jumped into the the main market, I guess you could say. Um, so he sees it going that route. Um, I, okay. I can, I can see where he's sort of taking the pieces, you know, coming out of E3 and, and like you said, the, uh, you know, the, the subscription service and sort of piecing that together to project. But I wondered if, if he has like an official source for this, or if, if this is entirely just his, you know, his projection. Um, be, because... I, I mean, it makes it, it kind of makes sense if you look at what they said at E3. I don't think they said like you can use this as a cable box, but I think their their vision for you know the Xbox as sort of media server for the house it almost makes sense. And they talk about that being the one device that you would need in the living room. Well, right now, what's the one thing we all have next to our you know be it a PS3, the Xbox, or a Wii? We have a cable box there also. Right. Um, so it makes sense that if you're kind of looking at unifying all those devices, then that's another device that nobody's really looked at that has to be brought into the fold. Um, and so I, I, I can see how he would go down this line of thought. I just wonder if, if this is entirely speculation on his part or if, if he knows something that we don't. I tend to think it's the latter simply because he's an analyst, but uh, there's nothing that says that he doesn't have some sort of insider knowledge, although I don't know what the legalities of that are if you're an analyst for a company. Oh. But, but I, I tend to think the latter, but I have no idea personally. Um, the only thing I will say is that I think that he's being a little optimistic maybe about the fact that he's saying – he's basically kind of saying that providers like plural would be involved. And I think that you would only be able – if you're Microsoft, that you wouldn't be able to get multiple cable or satellite providers to opt it to have like a – a tie-in subscription with your system like if you're if, if you're also doing the competitions like i don't see comcast sharing a tie-in program with direct tv or something along well, those lines yeah well, 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 I, well or does, not necessarily does, sharing it but having having the option well, doesn't guess. doesn't motorola produce cable boxes for multiple companies i don't think they're restricted to just one not but it's not Possibly, nobody says get your motorola cable box it's not like right. a brand plan yeah no. But but even even then though I mean it's almost in a way wouldn't the Xbox cable box become sort of the the i the iPhone of the cable subscription service whereas you know when the iPhone came out sure it was restricted to AT and T but every every carrier wanted to have an iPhone that, that was available and and it took a while and now we we're starting to see you know we see them available on other networks I almost wonder if it would be the same kind of thing from their perspective 
I mean, now, you know, he points out there's, what, 85 million households with cable or satellite subscriptions. Yeah. And I'm sure a fair number of them have Xboxes and whatnot already. But now if you if you as a, as a as a cable option, for let's say for whatever reason, you're not much of a gamer, you don't really, you know, you're not involved in that scene. All of a sudden now, you know, Comcast or, or Time Warner is offering you, hey, instead of your normal cable box for, you know, however much more and $5 monthly X, Xbox Live Gold, you can have these added features. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll check out an Xbox. Maybe I'll get that for a year or two. You know, get to play some of these games that I'm hearing about and never get to play. You know, maybe finally, you know, maybe if, if you're strapped for cash and your kids are stuck playing the original Xbox still, now you can get them, you know, whichever iteration is available with this. And, and, and you know, it might – I think it, it, it'll allow more people to enter the gaming arena, which is always a good thing. So, I, I, you know, I, I, if, if this comes to pass, I, I, don't, uh, I don't see it bad in that aspect. Um, I just ran quick math. Like he said, what eighty-five million yeah. people have uh, the total. If you just go by the lifetime numbers, it's not necessarily a, a perfect match, but it's like seventy-eight percent of people. Then in that case, have probably have an Xbox three hundred and sixty because there's been about sixty-seven million Xbox three hundred and sixty sold over its lifetime. That doesn't really apply account account for a lot of things, but yeah, it's a lot of potential subscribers that you could hit. Yeah, so. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, you could be right. I, I definitely see more of like a, at least a start, probably like a, like, oh, you can subsidize it if you get a, a buying contract with like Comcast. Because I, I yeah. see them trying to like muscle in on that territory first. I mean, you've seen it on, on the Xbox, honestly. It's like, oh, why do you need Comcast on here? I don't know. They got all the channels that Comcast has for the most part, like, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I do see it eventually. Yeah, if they if they can prove that it's, desirable enough then yes all the other the other the, the names everybody will want it or be willing to cut a deal in order to like have their name associated with it too so yeah potential potential i mean i i definitely see this as a a, a potential reality that i don't i don't think this is far off of the mark you you hit that that subset that you know say apple hasn't hit because it's obvious they're trying to compete in that sort of way well, that, with well that's sort of where the alleged apple tv might fit in as a rival true and, and as much as we can debate whether or not apple makes game consoles i mean they're they're definitely a competitor a to all yeah. three of these companies at this point that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so there's that um last topic is uh sony you know jumping onto the other side no nintendo i guess this month or this week but you know, whatever. That's probably for the best, unfortunately. <laughs> Aww. Don't say aw. Come on, it's only three. I There's your they're, they're a man. They can take it. Man up, Nintendo. Yeah, Get your shit together. He's all man. Reggie can take it. I'm not going to go there with that. But I'm just, just going to... Look, his body is ready, okay? Oh! <laughs> All right, Sony. <laughs> Flesh is willing, but the mind is weak. Oh, man. Uh, so we've got uh, the Sony Worldwide Studios president. Uh, oh, my God. I don't have his first name in here. Uh, I don't think they even said it. Yoshida, but that's his last name. <laughs> he's like Madonna, but of uh, the video games. Yeah, it's just Yoshida. Like, man, that's... He's a diva, man. Um, no, they literally don't mention his full name actually in this, which is surprising. But anyway, um, they basically he's basically talking about uh, how Sony's culture of supporting new ideas has led to 
things like Pixel Junk, that game company, Unfinished Swan, all the games that they've created. Shuhoi. Shuhoi Yoshida. Shuhoi? Okay. So, Yoshida. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, thank you, though. But, uh, yeah, we we always opt for that last name thing anyway, but... Or maybe the first name, but I'm not going to opt for that first name in this case. Um... And basically talking about how their culture has supported, you know, trying new different things and how it's driven hardware um, rather than the other way around. Uh, because I guess like a lot of or, or maybe the question from the interview or, or you know, the, the idea normally is that because XYZ gets made or because you bring out, you know, XYZ console, then your culture is this. And he's saying it's the other way around that their culture is to promote new ideas and different ideas and that everything else is kind of like shaped or, or comes as a result of that. Mm. I kind of see that, but I think he might be overplaying it a little bit. Like, yeah, I think I think trying to invert it and say that your culture caused it and it's not any kind of a result of what has been produced is kind of a fallacy, but that's just me. I mean, like, I think to a certain extent, yes, you have to, like, be willing to take those risks. But I think that you can't say that, like, you know, your culture caused that to happen until your culture caused that. You know, like, it's kind of like a chicken cross the road. Like, I think a little bit of both plays into it. Somebody has to be willing to say yes first. But that doesn't mean that, like, there's any reason that they would always say yes. You know, like, you say yeah, you keep saying yes because keep things keep working. So you take those chances on something new because something new, something else new worked. If something else new didn't work or didn't work multiple times, you wouldn't really have a culture of, you know, where you have like a lot of successful, popular, different games. You, you would be doing something else probably. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure if Flower and, you know, none of the other games took off, we probably, you know, wouldn't be taught or, you know, Pixel Junk Shooter or Pixel Junk Monster. If those didn't take off, I mean, they're probably saying then their culture was something else, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, he says, you know, that's why we called ourselves, our company, Sony Computer Entertainment, not Sony Games. We've always continued with that culture. And when we meet people like David Cage or the team at Media Molecule who have a very good, if unconventional idea, and we believe in our vision, it's just natural for us to support it. Uh, I think that in turn creates what PlayStation is today. So that's how we operate. Then why do we still have kill zones being made? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it's cool that Sony does this. I say they do it more than probably most developers do, or I mean, most companies do, because they've released a lot. Of, they've taken a lot of risks on a lot of different ideas. I mean, if you pitched Heavy Rain to people, who would wouldn't have? Huh? I think yeah. I think for the most part, you wouldn't have had a lot of interest necessarily if you tried to explain it that you know that way. You know, you maybe you pitch Heavy Rain and then it's like, oh, okay, cool. So we can make it like a first person shooter and he's like trying to get to his son and they're like, no, actually we're thinking like you'd you'd start off in his house and you'd take a piss and then you'd play with your kids in the backyard maybe and they're like what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think most yeah, I think that you you would have a, a situation where a lot of studios wouldn't do that. I think Sony deserves credit for Having the you know having the willingness to say yes, but beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of interrupted you. You can continue. No, I mean you basically said what I was saying and summarized it very well. Kudos. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> no, still my thunder, Rob. It's okay. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, eyes on you. Even though I can't see you right now, he's eyes. doing the thing where he's got like he's doing the two fingers. Yeah, actually, like... I was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we're only supposed to go after the people we talk about, not each other. We got to keep it friendly on here. Oh, you know, unlaces <laughs> boxing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Party pooper. <laughs> Um, he, he also does discuss um, the the Vita, which you know seems to come up a lot because people always have a reason they're doing these interviews. So he talks about the Vita for a little bit, um, but he talks about it in the same in the same way uh, that that you know the hardware is a result of the need for something different in order to like realize like their culture, you know, the visions that they have of of different things going on. Um, so, you know, he's talking about the different things that they're working on um, as far as just things that are different for uh, the Vita, um, the, uh, you know, the, SD, the SDK they made so that independent developers can, you know, download the PC and develop games that work on, you know, Sony or P- PS certified Android devices as well as on the Vita. So, you know, they're talking about the potential to, you know, open things up even more for other developers and things, um, you know, just even just the way that the Vita was designed with the dual touchscreens and, and analogs and blah, 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 that, you know, it, it was all done with the idea that something different can be done with it. You know, they're just kind of waiting to see some of the things that come out of it. Um, yeah. He said he was pretty happy with the, the Vita's first showing too at E3, which actually... Uh... I mean, actually, the first showing at E3, I, I think that that actually was fairly impressive. I mean, that was just last year. Yeah. And the showing at E3 was impressive, even if the sales afterwards weren't. Yeah. I think I mean, that's the, pretty fair. I'd say the first showing was. I don't know about this year's. Yeah, this year was a little a little worrying. Like, they showed some things, but they didn't show enough games. They really just talked, they harped on, you know, cross-play. And he talks about that a little bit in this article as well. Um the one the one question that was really it was pretty interesting. He said uh, that uh, the the question that was asked is, will the the future of PlayStation look harder at add-on services, further motion sensing, augmented reality, or cloud gaming? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that you know I think those avenues are valid, and it's definitely a good idea to to make use of cloud gaming technologies. Uh, we've been looking at a variety of technologies to include we we could include in the PlayStation ecosystem. And he kind of says that they're they're not really done. Like he, he doesn't quite say it, but he says they're not quite done with the motion sensing tech and vision stuff. So they're he just says they look at they're looking at different tech and vision analysis technologies. And then that's how like the PlayStation Move came about. For an example, um, he does talk a bit more about just streaming play in general. Um, the idea of like the remote play with PSP mm-hmm. and uh, well. They also, well, in their monology finished. No, oh, sorry. Um, they're basically seeing, like, you know, they, they, one thing he says is interesting is they're looking at what On Live is doing and the tech around it and considering how it can be part of PlayStation. Yeah, which, that's what I was going to say. I was going to yeah. say, I thought that was the interesting part is that they were looking at On Live, uh, seeing what they were doing with that. And I, I really think On Live is a very interesting idea. I just don't think the tech has developed enough yet. 
for online to succeed. And I would give him credit because he does actually say, mention that. Um, He says, you know, with all things infrastructure, it takes time for it to become widely available. Some consumers in the U.S. and some parts of Europe have very robust and fast net speeds. So cloud gaming would be practical in those markets, but not when you look at the wider, broader global market. So, you know, he says that when when there are faster internet connections, gaming in the cloud as a subscription service could become a reality. It's especially interesting to hear him say that because wasn't it the the PS4 or the Orbis that was speculated that it would be download oh, only? Completely, yeah. But I think so. Yeah, no, no. and no, and, and that's the thing. I I I remember. I think, think you guys tended to debunk it a little more than I did as far as saying that that's not very practical. And he basically, you know, he, as you said, he comes out and says it explicitly that right now. And what I thought was interesting is he doesn't just say the U.S., but he says the world as a whole. Oh, so yeah. it's not just for us to look at sort of the U.S. broadband you know, penetration, but to really, you know, look at, you know, global numbers because they do have to sell these consoles outside our borders. Everywhere. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Going back one second, the other thing I thought was interesting is that he pointed out, and this this is something I hadn't thought of, but the remote play, the way it's implemented now where you play off of your PS3 on your Vita is cloud gaming. Oh, yeah. That it's, it's it's, it's, you know, it's sort of in its simplest implementation but that you know for, for us to sit there and say cloud gaming is the future i mean right there that's that's an option that that's here and that people are are, are openly using right. so i mean it's not like a lot of this stuff is all you know far off and you know the far away year of 2014 this is all <laughs> you know this is all here yeah it's it's so, still it's it's coming along like it may not be coming early. along in like a big you know blinding flashy way but it's coming along i would like to see more remote play um options i would like to see maybe it even become a little bit more like cloud gaming in a sense that or maybe maybe just more options not so much more like cloud gaming but um i mean they they've I think that maybe it is coming down the line though, because they have to touted how much like the Vita um, already is, you know, for the PlayStation, what the Wii tablet will be for the Wii U. So that, and they have the the processor and everything. So I think that maybe they that's something they are, are exploring to have more streaming capabilities and things of that nature and expand remote play a big to a bigger bigger amount which i would love to see i'd love to be able to you know wander downstairs while you know i don't know playing amazing spider-man or something but playing it on my vita because oh dude if i could if i could like play i don't know persona 5 and then like switch it to my vita and then like you know just grind you know i have to i don't know go I, this is the laziest thing I could think of. It's just like I have <laughs> I to think of the laziest way I could do this possible. Like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. I don't want to stop, you know, going through the dungeon, grab my Vita. Think people are gonna be doing with the Wii tablet. That's not the laziest thing possible. That's normal. That's, okay, that's well there we go. There's that's one thing. Or like we're I don't know, someone's going like on the bus ride home or somewhere. I don't know. You just you, throw it on there and go, you know? You, I mean I just want to say what you need is a TV cart and a battery backup. <laughs> and a mirror. And then just yeah. roll it. Oh, that, that is, oh yeah, that's it. How is the battery life on the Vita anyway with crossplay? I haven't... I haven't done it with crossplay too much, honestly. I mean, like, the battery life on the Vita is pretty decent in general. It's not as awful as it was necessarily made out to be. It's It's got a pretty decent battery life playing games. Um, I have no idea. It's not like I've played anything exclusively cross-platform to see how well it holds up. I would imagine it's it's probably wears in the battery life a little bit worse because you know the the excessive use of Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I can't really say. Haven't haven't tested it like that thoroughly to be able to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was just I was just th- I was just thinking about that. And I was like, well, if the battery doesn't last long on cross-play, then we're gonna have an issue because if I'm like in the middle of a game and then like 
three hours later, my game dies, what happens, you know, if I didn't, you know. But. Right. I mean, potentially, I mean, like, uh, I know that if, say, you had a, uh, uh, a a game like that was like a, in a pause state, like in a save state on the... I haven't actually had this happen yet, but on the PSP Go, if you had a game in like a save state, like because you could pause a game, you could suspend it, and if your if your system just straight up died, you would not lose that save state. Like when the system right. on it, allow you to resume that game. So like right. if you suspended something, you'd still be able to start it, even if you didn't save or anything like that. You would just have right. that active play state. Right, but we haven't seen. Is that active in crossplay though? I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't even yeah, know if the they, feed it does they, it naturally with the games that are on it. I know you could still suspend a game, but I don't know if it holds it in memory the same way that the Go did. So see, maybe I'll test that sometime. Just I know. I would want to see how crossplay works with the save state. You know, turning it in standby mode or whatever. That's what would, I would be interested in. But I mean, that's just me. I don't know. I I totally get it. Um, so some interesting thoughts there. I, I think he's giving them maybe a little too much credit as far as the uh, the whole we our culture creates the games. It's the you know and the hardware, not the other way around. I I think that you have to give sort of a shared responsibility there. But I I don't think it's deniable that they've they've done a, a pretty good job with supporting supporting those new ideas. So. Regardless of what one man thinks of how it came about, you know, as long as they keep doing it, I guess, is the important part. And as long as the games keep being good, really. So that's going to that's gonna do us for our topics this week. Um, looking at the, if you want to call it, release list for next week. <laughs> um, and, well, yeah, guys, there's nothing really coming out. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, there is Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. I thought that was already out. It maybe it is because I. I the, thought it was because I saw I saw a copy of it and like I pressed the button several times just to hear the music come out of the box. <laughs> oh well, then maybe I'm uh, off because I mean like the my dates are from like a combination of of like dates from around the internet and also like IGN, but you know they don't necessarily seem well to... i might be wrong maybe my friend just let me see the box art because she w- works at gamestop so maybe she just let me see it before they actually put it out i don't know <laughs> it's an asshole no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> let me see real quick because that really it's the only thing that i see right now so could be wrong go for square for putting out a game with nobody else um nope it is still showing us july 3rd so right, well, it's not out yet your friend's just a jackass no i don't right, know well my friend's a jackass then <laughs> um yeah, that's that's it. There, there's also cool. uh, the, the Secret game. World on PC. Oh, please. That's beta. <laughs> no, yeah. I thought that's actually that's in beta now, but I thought that actually goes live on uh, the third. Does it? Mm. That's what I'm looking at. I didn't at. think so. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Wikipedia would never lie to me. Wikipedia is lies Wikipedia. to you. I'm sorry to tell you that. It, it, that's why I have to double check my sources because I use Wikipedia as one of the sources, but not. Well, I, I was using Wikipedia to double check my other source, which also said July 3rd. Uh, hmm. I mean, you could you be were right using there. Wikipedia to double check a source. Why? Yeah, I, I think he meant the other way around, but it's the same difference as long as okay. you're yeah. saying. Okay, they are saying it will be available on July 3rd on the website. So, okay, there's also that. I just think I just happen to personally think that game looks like a giant piece of shit. <laughs> but the option is there in case you like that. There are those of us here who might be considering purchasing that. Oh no, Nick! No, <laughs> Nick. 
I don't know. I probably should, I probably should have tried one of the beta keys that we had, but uh, yeah, probably. probably <laughs> we had like literally like thirty of them. So did we really? Yes, yes, dude. Pax was. Were we able they, to get rid of they, they were, all of them? They were throwing them at us. Uh, not really, because there wasn't really too many people who wanted to play the shitty game. <laughs> so. Well, sucks. Well, what sucks is that game looked. I guess the well trailers look good, but you know how trailers are. That's the problem. They they really tried to make it look really like cool and interesting, and it just looked like another MMO, and not even like a no, a good another MMO. It's just a, another one. Oh, there it is. <laughs> like that's I don't know. I, I've I've seen maybe maybe I've seen entirely too much stuff about the game to like to be objective, but I think that's the point. Where you're not supposed to be objective anymore. Is that like I I think it looks like a big piece of crap. I didn't say I was going to play it for long. <laughs> yeah, but you, you better only... Play, if, 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 the, my problem, I guess, is that it looks the way that it does, and the story seems as contrived, and the gameplay seems as contrived as it does. And I think that there are ideas within the, the, the game that are interesting. I think I like the idea that you can... Literally, like, there's no classes. You can kind of create your own classes you play. That- that was sort of, you know, that reminds me of, of old school Star Wars Galaxies where, where I mean, you had like skills, like skill trees that you could appoint to. But fundamentally, you could appoint skills however you wanted and you, you weren't restricted to sort of one specific bill. Right. And, and fundamentally, I mean, fundamentally, it's awesome from a gameplay perspective, like as building a character. But the problem that they ran into is that, of course, there were certain builds that everybody needed to have to be competitive in certain levels. And if you didn't adhere to that build, then you you sucked. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it seems that, the problem. you know, and so I, I go into this game. Completely cognitive of that, you know, aware of that, having been burned by that before. Um, so I'm not too, I'm not too off put by that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm just more interested in the setting and the environment and sort of the ideas that they play with there, more mm-hmm. so than the gameplay or uh, or any other aspects of it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna stick with Tara. <laughs> oh no, I'll probably based on what I've seen, I'll admit Tara's yeah. probably better MMO. I'm gonna uh, be waiting. I'm gonna be waiting to hear from you next week about how it is. If, yeah. if you pick it up on release, I don't know. If we'll you see. Will. I probably. Well, no, I don't know. We'll we'll see because I have uh, I have one friend who's also interested in it. So I told I told him we play together. Yeah, y'all yeah, have fun. Yeah. Well, if he, he may not, we'll be interested in it. In which case, I probably won't play then. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, you can we'll you see. can give us the rundown. Uh, you get that thirty days free. So please don't pay any actual subscription money for that game. Fifty dollars yeah. seems like a, a a tough a tough road to hike anyway. But yeah, if you're willing to do it. More power. Um, so those are the games. Those two games <laughs> for next week. What, 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 so, uh, have Zelda fun, guys. SW. What? What's that? The Legend of Zelda for the 3DS. Uh, the, the What's the W? What, uh, DSware? I guess you can download that now. Oh, okay. oh DSware? Yeah, yeah okay. I, I didn't I didn't really consider that in, in the... Uh, Which Zelda uh, is it? Like console the first and... one. The, the granddad oh. of well, that doesn't really count as a re-release. I mean, I guess we've counted re-releases yeah, in the it's, past, it's but classic. Now, if it was something like, I don't know, if I guess they released like Ages and Seasons or like the Minish Cap, one of those that didn't really get played or whatever, they wouldn't but, exist without this one. Yeah, I know, but we've already played the first one. I don't know how many freaking times. <laughs> I just want to play it again. It is so good, though. But okay, so there you have three options. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But, uh, just, just go download a free to play. Along, moving along. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up now. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> God damn it! You guys are so unruly. 
can't take we're you We're unruly? We're yes. unruly. Okay. Can't take you anywhere. <laughs> you I can't take the you out on the internet anywhere. <laughs> you no, you definitely to... can. That's, that's a given. <laughs> uh, uh, but as always, you can find us, because you're probably listening to us right now, uh, perhaps on SoundCloud.com slash MasterThoseButtons, um, or perhaps on iTunes. Uh, we are also on Stitcher Smart Radio, which is instantly available streaming for iPad, iPhone, and Android devices. Um, works quite well. Uh, you can also find us at Twitter.com slash MasterThoseButtons. Uh, I don't know why we keep doing that. It's twitter.com slash MTB site. Jarrett. <laughs> Good job. Um, and also facebook.com slash buttons. That one is actually the full name. Twitter just does not allow us to have Mashers buttons, which is why we don't have it in case that's confusing. It's just too big. And, on a, and honestly, you'd use up most of your 140 characters putting our name into an at reply anyway. Um, so, and also, of course, mashthosebuttons.com, where you can see lovely columns like Nick's WoW thoughts each week, um, where he discusses different, you know, uh, aspects of, of WoW and different thoughts that he has about the game. Um, in one show, I'm excited. Yeah, it, it was, you know, you, you do it every week. You know, you gotta, gotta give some love to it. Um, also have other articles. Uh, one of our new writers, well, relatively new, I guess he's not really new anymore, uh, Joel Couture. He does, uh, he also does a weekly-ish column um about different things a lot of things dealing with horror um horror games and that and that ilk uh we also have regular reviews out on the the site uh i recently did a crater that's up on the site uh, now um there are some other things coming down the pike and as always uh you can catch us around on all those avenues and uh you know always feel free to visit the site and give us any feedback you have so that is going to wrap us up for the day but I do have one last thing. One word reaction. Zynga unleashed. Go. Terrible. Mikey? Crap. <laughs> and I'm going to go with boring. And that's all for us today. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks.